Welcome to Rhema for Today. It's very interesting to notice uh, the individual cases of healing, and we've done that in, you know, last year we were teaching along that line, last summer actually, taking up one by one the individuals that were healed under the ministry of Jesus. You understand that the Bible talks about a multitude on several different occasions being healed but it doesn't say how they were healed or what happened, just mentions that they were healed. But when we take up the individual cases, and you'll find that there are 19 of such cases mentioned. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. This month, we went into the archive vault and we're going to hear inspiring messages about healing. This will be a great week of teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message, Healing, How to Receive It and How to Keep It. I want us to uh, turn in our Bibles again today to some scripture that we've been looking at over a period of time in these services. Of course, the crowd turns over, and, you know, ever so often, so many days. So we'll try to catch you up with the ground we've covered. But we'll open first to the ninth chapter of Matthew and uh, read there concerning the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ninth chapter of Matthew in the 35th verse says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now notice what he did. Teaching in their synagogues, number one. Number two, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And number three, healing every sickness or Actually, it literally says in the Greek, every manner of sickness and every manner of disease among the people. Now, the ministry of Jesus consisted of three things, teaching, preaching, and healing, in that order. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Now, remember this, that uh, in the 14th chapter of John's gospel, in the 12th verse, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now you see, if we're not careful, we, we get off on tangent. We, we get to think, well, the only thing he did was heal people, and that's not all he did. Did you ever stop to think about when you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom, you're doing the works of Jesus? Did you ever stop to think about when you're teaching, you're doing the works of Jesus? See, that was only one-third of what he did. Did you notice that? See, he went throughout their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every manner of sickness and every manner of disease among the people, you see. So he said, the works that I do shall ye do also, greater works than these shall ye do, because I go unto my Father. Now it's interesting to notice the, the works of healing that he did. Now you understand he did some works in some other areas, but because this is a healing class, well then we just simply focus in on those. Of course, he worked miracles. You know, uh, he turned the little boy's lunch, uh, fed 5,000 people with him, didn't he? And then they turned around and gathered up 12 basketfuls. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was quite a miracle, wasn't it? And uh, he stilled the sea. The, the storm was on. He said, peace be still. There was, there's a great calm. Somebody said, nowadays, no matter what's happening, if you want a great calm, all you've got to do is just mention tithes or giving and people's children. And there'll always be a great calm. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. But uh, because this is a, a healing meeting, our healing class, then, then we are focusing in on that. But we don't want to leave that impression at all that that's all Jesus did because that's not all that he did. Now, uh, it's very interesting to notice uh, 
the individual cases of healing, and we've done that in, you know, last year we were teaching along that line, last summer actually, taking up one by one the individuals that were healed under the ministry of Jesus. You understand that the Bible talks about a multitude on several different occasions being healed. But it doesn't say how they were healed or what happened, just mentions that they were healed. But when we take up the individual cases, and you'll find that there are 19 of such cases mentioned. Now, you know, you think that there are more because uh, you read through the four Gospels why uh, three of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, may, may, for instance, the woman with the issue of blood, all three of them mention her. John doesn't. Uh, so it's listed three times, but it's just one individual. Now, the nobleman's son that was healed under the ministry of Jesus John it mentions it, and it's just mentioned one time in the Gospel of John, in the fourth chapter of John. And there's uh, one or two more healings that only John mentioned. The other three writers never did even mention them. Of course, you understand this, and I'm sure of this, that, that they were more individuals that were healed than just these 19 that are mentioned. Because John himself said, if everything was written that should be written, I'd, you know, about Jesus and what he said and his ministry and so on, that I don't suppose the world itself could contain the books. But you understand that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. So to get the clear picture of it, you should, you should realize then that God, the Holy Ghost, just revealed us what He wanted us to know. And enough to get us headed in the right direction. Praise the Lord. So then, as you, in, as you notice these individual cases of healing you'll find that uh, they were not all healed by the same method. They were all healed by the same power, that is God, but they were not all healed by the same method. Or, let's say it another way, they were not all healed in the same way. So then we do not, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, then we don't want to just, just be boxed in to ministering one way to people. The Spirit of God may lead us different. You can see that in the Old Testament in the, in the lives of, of the prophets. We make very, mention very often about Elisha telling Naaman to go dip in the River Jordan seven times, not just once, not just dip in the River Jordan, but it had to be seven times. What if he just dipped six times? Would he have been healed? No. Yet, yet uh, Elisha had no precedent for that. You know, he had no, as far as we know, that never happened before. But... Uh, you know something about it, there's sort of an unpredictableness about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you listening? Now, under the ministry of Jesus, we pointed out that on more than one occasion, uh, we, we'll notice two particularly, uh, because here are two blind men in contrast now. Uh, in the eighth chapter of Mark's gospel, they, when he was come to Bethsaida, they bring a blind man to him. And they besought him to put his hand on him or touch him. Well, now it seems that most of the people were healed by laying on hands in those days, just like they are now. See, they besought Jesus to touch him. Well, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And then the scripture said that he spit and touched his eyes. That is, evidently spit on his hands or his fingers and, and touched the fellow's eyes and asked him if he saw aught. And he said, I see men as trees walking. Then the scripture said, I don't know that he spit anymore on his hand, but the scripture did say that he put his hands on him again. 
had him look up and he saw every man clearly. Well, now, as far as I can ascertain from the scripture, Jesus didn't have any precedent for spitting on his hands or fingers and touching the fellow's eyes. But it worked, you know, you can't argue with success, can you? How come him to do that? Well, evidently the Spirit of God inspired him to do it. Then in the fifth chapter of John's Gospel, or ninth chapter of John's Gospel, we read about Jesus spitting on the ground and making clay of the spittle and rubbed it on the blind man's eyes. Now, the other blind man was healed on the spot, evidently, the second time Jesus laid hands on him. But here now, it's a little different yet. Jesus rubbed this clay, you know, that he had made out of the dirt and the spit and rubbed it on his eyes and said, Go wash it off in the pool of Siloam and thou shalt come again seeing. Well, now, what if the man hadn't done that? Would he have been healed? What if he had gone anywhere else and washed it off? Said, well, it's closer home. I'll just go by there and wash my eyes. Now, you see, sometimes in receiving healing, God calls uh, on us for an act of obedience. Are you listening? And so, uh, you know, you just can't nail the thing down, so to speak, to any one method or any one way and say it has to be done like this. Sometimes, you see, that's the very thing, really, that's hindering people from getting healed is, is being obedient. And by God calling on us to do something, it, it, it gets us to obey in Him. I remember I was preaching in March of 1950 in the First Assembly of God Church in Kilgore, Texas. Now, you got to remember, that's before the Lord appeared to me in that vision. See, later on in the year of 1950, because this is March. This is the first first part of September and the Lord appeared to me. But uh, I still had the same spirit. He just manifested himself in a different way. So I was laying hands on the sick and here came this man and, and I asked him what's wrong with him and well first of all I asked him if he's a Christian. He said oh yes he's, he's saved. He's a member of this church right there where I was preaching first assembly of God. And so I said well you understand this you could be a member of this church or any other church it wouldn't make you a Christian. Now you've been born again. Yes, he'd been born again, praise God, filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. Pastor was standing right there beside me, said, yeah, he's a member here. Well, I said, what's the matter with you? Well, he said, I have ulcers of the stomach. I haven't worked for two years. Actually, he said, the doctor showed me an x-ray of his stomach, and he said, there's something that looked like as big as a wasp nest. The doctor pointed out, said, now that's this ulcer. In fact, it's afraid it'd run into cancerous growth. Well, he didn't want to submit to an operation. He can't go back to work for the oil company until they, you know, give him a clean bill of health. So for two years, he's off the job. Well, I said, the Lord will heal you. He said, well, I know it. I believe in healing, so on. So I laid my hands on him. Now, when I laid my hands on him, I knew by the word of knowledge. I don't always know about everybody. I do if the Spirit sees fit to tell me. I knew First of all, that this was a spirit that oppressed his body because it was revealed to me. Therefore, he, he's not healed by laying on a hands or not healed by anointing with oil. It's more than a healing. You've got to cast the spirit out of his body. Now, I knew this also, that uh, if, you, if you just go ahead and, and cast that spirit out of him without saying anything, that you're going to confuse everybody. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. 
You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first item in this offer is the book from Kenneth E. Hagan, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. The next item is the two-CD set from Kenneth Hagan, Defeating the Giants in Your Life. All this for the special price of $15.95. That's $9 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We'll always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We might want to mention that our Rama Bible School here in Tulsa yes. is uh, getting ready for graduation. The graduation. Our, actually, the our 45th, 45th Rhema yes. graduation. Yes. It'll be Friday night, May 17 at 7 p.m. Now, uh, we need people to realize that we have changed the venue. It's not downtown Tulsa anymore. It will be at ORU in the Maybe Center, and that's at 7777 South Lewis Avenue, rbtc.org, yes. for all the details. That's right. And and, and you're, we, we welcome everybody to come, especially if you have friends or relatives that are yes. graduating. Come and support it's them. It's just a wonderful time. It's a great time. That's right. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue his message, Healing, How to Receive It and How to Keep It. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.